Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the Battery Power Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Chris Willis, and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Chris? It's been a it's been a fun couple of days. Tonight's game, notwithstanding, it's been exciting times. A lot of stuff happening, obviously, with the trade deadline, the Riley extension. Um, there's quite a bit to talk about, and it's good to be good to be back on with you. Yeah, we're uh, recording minutes after the Braves dropped uh, the series opener to the Mets tonight, six to four. Um, you know, uh, fell behind early, couldn't get out of it, out of that hole. But uh, you know, Ronald Acuna homered, uh, Edwin Diaz had to record a six out save, so maybe that'll have ramifications later in the series. But uh, you know, we're here tonight tonight to talk about the trade deadline just passed. Uh, the Braves were pretty active. Um, I think there's a lot of things to talk about. That sound good to you? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I think the biggest thing, uh, the most surprising move actually was uh, it came at the very last minute. Uh, Rosal uh, uh, Iglesias from the Angels, Braves acquired him for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Man, this this was a it was an interesting uh, thing. We're sitting in the uh, uh, press conference waiting to announce the Austin Riley extension, and uh, Alex is actually out in the hall on on the phone and um a lot of uh a lot of uh riley's teammates were in the back row including jesse chavez and and they actually came in tapped him on the shoulder and took him out as this trade was being uh completed so uh it's pretty come out of air nowhere uh i thought you know i think we thought that they might be looking for a power right-handed arm uh you know to, to slide in there but i think iglesias surprised some people uh the if He's got a 4.04 ERA. It's a little ugly. The FIP's good, uh, 32.9% strikeout percentage. Uh, I think the big thing with uh, Iglesias is, though, he's under contract through 2025, and so he's going to be paid $16 million per season uh, for the next three years after this one. What do you what do you think about the uh, addition of Iglesias? Yeah, that was – I mean, obviously, because of what happened last year with getting Soler and I think Richard Rodriguez – right at the buzzer last year at the deadline. I think everybody was still pretty keyed in on, you know, Twitter to see if if Alex was going to do another one of these right at the buzzer deals. And sure enough, you know, we got the announcement basically just after 6 p.m. Eastern that they had traded, uh, they had made this trade with the Angels for Iglesias. And, you know, the way my brain works is I, I always think of the the risk first. I don't know why that is. 
uh, it's not necessarily something I recommend, but so the first thing I thought of was, you know, how much money he's owed. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of paying relievers big money over a lot of years. You know, I didn't really like the Will Smith contract when it happened, you know, and I know in our Slack group, we were having a long conversation about, you know, the risk reward of, of doing this kind of deal. Um, but the bottom line is for this year is he helps the bullpen. And, you know, we saw last year, if you can hit home runs and if you can pitch out of the bullpen, you can dominate in October. And that's the formula they used last year. And I think with Kirby Yates coming back and, and they saw an opportunity to get a Glacius and they saw an opportunity to get him for not very much if they just took the whole contract, then I think that's probably was probably part of Alex's calculus was – you know, the the playoffs are all about bullpen. And, you know, even if the Braves don't win the division and the Mets are a really good team, they're a tough team. I don't know if the Braves are going to win the division, but even if they don't, they're they're almost certainly going to be in the playoffs. I mean, they've, they've got a rather large lead um, in the wild card race. So one way or another, it's very, very, very likely that this team will be back playing in October. And when that's the case, you want a great bullpen. And it doesn't look like the Braves are going to move Strider back to the bullpen. I know we had talked about that as a possibility just to kind of limit his innings. But Alex was asked about it after the trade deadline and once again kind of reiterated the fact that they don't believe in innings limit. They don't believe in shutting guys down, that they're just going to let him pitch as long as he feels like he can pitch. And so with that being the case, I think they definitely wanted another right-handed power arm in the bullpen and you know that's what Iglesias is I mean he is a fantastic pitcher I don't really care about ERA as much as a lot of other people do anybody who's listened to the show before knows that but he's a really good pitcher and he's been a really good pitcher for a while now and you know the Braves can now shorten the game I mean you know you talk about Jansen and Iglesias and Mentor and you know if Kirby Yates comes back and you know at one point Kirby Yates was a uh, elite bullpen arm himself so if he can come back and be that guy and you have guys like Dylan Lee and Tyler Matzik and you know Colin McHugh I mean the Braves have a really really good bullpen again they hit homers and, and they have a good bullpen and that was the formula that won the World Series for him last year and, and I'm not surprised at all to see Alex going back to the well this year yeah I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use him um obviously he could fill in for Jansen if he was down that day he's got hey, he's been a closer pretty much his whole career um but you know I, I dating back to last season right after they were uh, acquired Richard Rodriguez you know often we'd see him come in in the fifth or sixth inning even uh you know in a tight spot or whatever so I think this gives them that flexibility Iglesias said he was willing to do whatever they needed him to do and that and that's exactly what they you know I know what that's exactly what the Braves were hoping for so um I think it's gonna be interesting to see how he's used uh he, you know if if Jansen's on a one-year deal Glacius could slide into that closer spot next year if Jansen doesn't return. I wouldn't completely uh, rule out a return for Jansen if he wants to come back uh, because I think, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of paying relievers either, but if payroll's going up, um, you basically got a Glacius for nothing except money. You know, it, it costs, uh, it costs money. So, uh, you know, the Braves have shown they've been willing to pay for a, a bullpen in the past. So I think this is just more of that. And, um, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. But like I said, on paper, 
and it, it gives them a lot of flexibility, uh, for especially in the back half of that bullpen. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, ask you some about, you know, AJ Minter's had a few hiccups here lately 15 hits, seven runs, and, and nine and a third innings in July. Um, but he's, he's carrying a 3.33 FIP and a 3.37 XFIP. I think the thing that jumped out at me was he's second in the majors now in appearances at 47. I wonder if he's, if he's uh, wearing down a little bit or if this is just a blip on the radar, but have you seen anything from Minter that um, kind of makes you, it concerns you or anything? No, not really. I mean, you know, you always look for the kind of the telltale signs is the, is, you know, how's the velocity look, how's the movement look, stuff like that. And all of those are pretty much at their normal levels. And so, you know, my guess is you can just chalk it up to this is what happens to relievers. You know, very rarely do you go through an entire season where you're just awesome every time. You're going to you're gonna have a bad outing. And usually bad outings come in pairs. You know, usually it's kind of a bad stretch for a guy, and then he kind of figures it out again. And I'm guessing that's what AJ is going through. And, you know, he's not going to have to pitch you know, the eighth or the ninth inning every single time the Braves have a lead now, you know, that's kind of what he had to do for a while. And, you know, with Will Smith having a down year and, and Tyler Matzik having a down year and Luke Jackson being hurt, you know, AJ became, you know, the kind of the only member of the night shift very quickly and, and really had to carry a lot of the burden. And I think that was another reason they got Iglesias is, you know, they don't want AJ to feel like he's got to carry it, you know, especially when Jansen, had the heart stuff going on and was on the IL, you know, it was a lot of AJ Minter. And so, you know, they wanted to get some more depth and I'm not worried about AJ, you know, this happens over 162 games. You're not going to be awesome all the time. Like you said, the peripherals are still good over the stretch. The velocity is still good. You know, it's been a couple of bad locations, you know, that game in Philly just threw, you know, he probably, if he could take it back, he wouldn't throw that cutter 3-2 to, to Stott. He would probably throw a fastball. You know, I think he probably sped his bat up a little bit. And he got caught for a homer. But I'm not really that worried about AJ. And, you know, the the depth that the Braves added to the bullpen and, and we'll add when Yates gets back is only going to help him stay fresh. So, yeah, I think the bullpen's going to be a strength. Yeah, that's. I think that's an important, uh, a good point too. And I, and uh, the added depth there is just going to help him. Uh, I do think he might be wore down just a little bit, just because they had to rely on him so much, yeah. you know. And they they won't want to. They don't want to burn him out before the postseason. So, uh, you know, getting getting Iglesias in there, and um, uh, I think that's really going to help him. And then, uh, of course, Kirby Yates uh, recently made a back to back appearance at Gwinnett, you know, in his rehab stint. So. I don't know about you, but I think he's coming soon. Um, I don't know if they wait till they come back home or if they wait that long. Uh, you know, you and I talked a few a week or so ago about this. Uh, you know, the bullpen's a it's an interesting situation. I wonder. I'm I'm thinking who is the who's going to be the odd man out when Kirby Yates does come back? Yeah, that's the big question right now. You know, we all kind of thought it would be Will Smith. You know, everybody's kind of assumed that he would catch maybe an IL stand or maybe even get DFA'd, but. You know, Alex obviously preempted that by trading him away at the deadline. So that's not an option anymore. I still think somebody could catch an IL stint. I think maybe Tyler Matzik or Jackson Stevens or, you know, I think they might try to keep everybody if possible. I mean, obviously they could option Dylan Lee if they wanted to. I don't know if they want to do that, though. But I don't see them just outright DFAing somebody. You know, they would they would have to DFA Stevens. I, I don't. Alex is always kind of the keep as many options as open as possible guy. And if he can, if, if somebody's got a little nagging injury that he can kind of turn into a, you know, a 15 day IL trip and then, 
you know, when that 15 days is up, maybe trying to do another one somewhere else to just try to rotate these guys out. I think that's what they'll try to do. You know, you never know what's going on with a the bullpen. There might be a guy who actually needs, you know, an IL trip this time of year. You know, a lot of guys are pitching with something. So, but, you know, that's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's that or option Dylan Lee. The funny thing is, as much as we talk about it, there's really not that many options now. You know, you can, you can DFA somebody or you can option Lee. And so, um, or, yeah, so I I think somebody's going to catch an IL stint. And I do think Yates will be back pretty quick. He, he pitched back-to-back nights in Gwinnett, which was a big, you know, barrier to cross. And I think if the Braves were at home right now, I think he might have been up today or tomorrow. Because they're on the road, I could see them maybe pushing it back a little bit maybe after this med series. But I think he'll be up very, very soon. I think we're going to get this answer pretty quick. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to lean towards it might be Dylan Lee, and that that kind of stinks because he's pitched real well. But at this point, I think they want to keep all their options open. Uh, you never know what's going to happen over uh, over August, and um, you know, and then the rosters expand by two again in September, uh, unless there is a, a somebody that needs to go on the uh, on the IL. So that's something that's going to be to watch over next couple of uh, probably over this next week because I think uh, I think Yates is is nearing a return. You know, you mentioned Will Smith. Um, uh, the Braves were able to trade him for for to Houston for Jake Odorizzi. I'll be honest with you, I was blown away by this trade when I saw that there wasn't a prospect involved or anything in there. Just for the simple fact that uh, there's a there was a good chance that Will Smith might have been dropped from the roster by the end of the week, um, you know, or when whenever Yates came back. I don't think uh, I don't think Odorizzi might have had the greatest uh, situation in Houston. I think there was some friction there. You know, and Will Smith, obviously, we we've discussed his his troubles before. But what did you uh, what did you think about the acquisition of of Oda Rizzi? Uh, it, the timing's pretty it's pretty good. We knew they kind of needed a another arm just because of the doubleheader, a couple of doubleheaders that they've got coming up. That trade when it came across that that was one of the wild that was one of the weirdest trades I've seen in a long time. Honestly, I mean, when do you ever see? a division leader like Houston trade away starting pitching at the deadline. I mean, that never, ever happens. You you almost never see two contending teams make trades with each other at the deadline for major league players. That was – it was so weird. And I think you're right. I think there was probably something going, going on behind the scenes with Odorizzi in Houston. I don't think he was having the greatest of time. They did have a ton of depth. You know, they had – they were about to get McCullers back, so they were going to have like seven, seven or eight starting pitchers, and I think they wanted to add some left-handed bullpen depth to their bullpen. But I mean, let's be honest: is 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 Will Smith really bullpen depth at this point? I mean, I, and if he did want to trade away a starter, I have a hard time believing there wasn't a, another contender that maybe had a better left-hander in their bullpen that they would have made that trade with. I, it was a very weird trade. Like I, it almost would have made more sense to me if it had been like Mats Matzik, you know, if they were kind of like betting on Tyler Matzik kind of bouncing back in Houston, you know, saying, you know, we'll give you a starter and and the Braves kind of using Matzik's value from the last year to, to, to gain a starter. That would have almost made more sense to me. But Will Smith, that was wild. I did not see that coming. I, I'm 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 glad Alex took advantage if there was friction in you know in Houston's locker room, you know. I think they got the better end of the trade. I don't, you know, Odorizzi's having a pretty normal year for him, which is solid. He's not anything elite, but, you know, he's got a mid-three 
ERA. He's, you know, he's just kind of a solid major league pitcher. And Will Smith was not even that at this point in his career. I mean, he was he was basically being put in the lowest leverage innings possible, seven to one, eight to one games in the ninth inning and still having to be removed before the game was over. I mean, that's kind of where it got. I do think he was going to get DFA'd, which makes this trade even weirder because I think if Houston had just waited a couple hours, they could have picked him up for free. But who knows? You know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. But I love the trade. The Braves needed another starter. They needed somebody to help them get through these two doubleheaders uh, back-to-back weekends coming up. So it was a no-brainer for the Braves. I don't know what Houston was doing, but I'll take it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does with Houston. I know he gave up a homer in his first appearance, uh, which is kind of what we had saw from him, uh, you know, pretty much for the last month or so. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if if they there's something there that they think they can they can unlock again. They've had success with reclamation projects before. But, you know, the way yeah. I was looking at it with Odorizzi was just, you know, you get a guy that can start, he's pitched out of the bullpen before. But, I mean, if he just gets them through these two double headers, you know, that's and, – and then you never hear from him again. I mean, that's about all you can ask for right there. And I think he'll – I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll be around – uh, you know, through the uh, th- for much longer than that, but you know, really, if you're the Braves, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great deal, and I'm still I'm still amazed that they were able to to flip Will Smith into something useful. So the irony of it was, I mean, how many times over the last few weeks have we had to tell people on Twitter like you can't trade away your worst pieces and get something valuable back? You know, that's not how trades work. And then I'll be damned if Alex doesn't go and trade one of their worst pieces for something valuable. It's like. It's like he saw us telling all these people, like, you actually have to include something of value to, to get something back of value. And, and Alex was like, well, watch this. And, you know, I do think Houston is banking on Will Smith's playoff performance history. You know, he's been very good in the postseason, and Houston is a lot to be in the postseason this year. So I think Houston is playing for October and, and thinking Will Smith will kind of turn back into last year's Will Smith when the playoffs start. But, yeah, this was a no-brainer for Alex. It is going to be interesting to see how they um, uh, handle Odorizzi uh, just because I think they'll stick with kind of a six-man rotation at least through uh, next Saturday because they've got another doubleheader in Miami at that point. And then after that, you know, it'll be kind of be interesting to see how they handle it. Spencer Strider threw a a magnificent start uh, against the Phillies uh, the other night. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. And was asked about those innings limits, and uh, had a pretty hilarious answer. Uh, you know, just talking about he was he was uh, he was happy that so many people were concerned about his well being, but he you know he says he feels fine, and I think the Braves are are monitoring him. You know, like you said, I don't. I, there may not be there may be an internal number, um, but I think really it's very much a, a start to start. And if they think he needs an extra day, then you know they'll either give him an extra day. He might get skipped in the rotation, and Odorizzi's presence allows him to do that. You know, but I mean, Strider's pitching as well as he has all season. He set a career high in strikeouts the other night. He's just been impressive. You know, I speculated more than once about moving him back to the bullpen, but you know, right now, I mean, he looks like one of the best options in this rotation well and you got to remember you know there's been some pretty high profile cases of starters who who were given innings limits you know Strasburg is the one that comes to mind and and still got hurt right still had to have major surgery and I remember when Jabba Chamberlain came up with the Yankees they had all these rules about how they could use him and when they could use him and he you know he still got hurt you know I think the Braves are just kind of if you feel good if you've got the bullets and you feel like you can throw, then we're going to let you throw. And, you know, what happens, happens. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. And um, 
the other piece of this is, of course, Ian Anderson, who uh, who looked like you know he's hanging on to his rotation spot by a thread, you know, and going into that last start, and then went out there and was pretty aggressive and and pitched pretty well. Now he's going, he's penciled in to start uh, Friday's game against the Mets. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how he handles much uh, bigger step up in uh, competition, but. Um, I, I thought we saw a lot more aggression from me and Anderson the last time. Last time out, he used that curveball a little bit more. The changeup was way more effective than it has been, and I think that's because you saw a lot of one, one, two counts, o oh, two counts, and um, instead of the two one, three one that we've you know grown accustomed to over the last month. Um, but Odorizzi gives them some protection for there. If Anderson continues to struggle, you know, you could slot Odorizzi in as, as that fifth spot and, and send Ian down to, uh, get, get straightened out or, or, you know, something like that. But what do you think of Ian's last start? Uh, did you see enough progress there to at least be intrigued? I mean, the thing for me is Anderson's done it before. We've seen him be successful at this, uh, at this level. We've seen him pitch in, um, you know, high pressure situations in the postseason. Uh, we know it's there. I mean, but again, it all, I think it all comes back to throwing strikes and that command. Yeah. That's, you know, I've, I've expressed some concerns about Ian before for sure. Um, specifically just because of the, the stuff that he has that, you know, doesn't always look like the greatest stuff, but you know, credit to him. He bounced back against Arizona. You know, obviously Arizona is not a great team by any stretch and they had just traded away David Peralta. So I think they had kind of waved the white flag a little bit, but you know, uh, it's still a major league team. You still got to go out and compete. And, and he did that. And I think, you know, I think part of the calculus for getting Odorizzi was definitely, you know, if Ian continues to struggle, you might be able to send him down for a couple of starts and, and let Odorizzi kind of take over. But, you know, I, I do, you know, I believe Snitcher when he says that, you know, he trusts Ian, that he's going to let Ian pitch through it as long as Alex will let him. And Ian's made some, Big, big starts for this franchise in a very short amount of time. You know, we kind of forget how young he is just because he's already pitched in, you know, a couple of NLCSs and a couple of Worlds or and, you know, last year's World Series. So, you know, he's still pretty young. He's still pretty accomplished for his age. And even though this year has not gone the way he wanted it to, I, I do think they'll let him at least try to pitch his way out of it. Obviously, his last start was a good step in that direction. And I do think Odorizzi is probably a little bit of, you know, it's probably a little bit of a safety net for them if they do feel like they need to send them down. But, um, yeah, they're, I, I, I'm to the point now where, you know, if they were going to make a change for, you know, somebody in AAA, they would have already done it. I think it's to the point now where, you know, they're going to let him – they're going to let him – kind of sink or swim at the major league level at this point. Cause honestly, I mean, you know, until they got older Rizzi, they didn't really have a better option. I mean, I know some people wanted guys in AAA to, to come up and pitch, but I was never a huge fan of that idea just because I, you know, I think, I, I think I'm stealing this line from you, but you know, I've seen Ian Anderson be successful at the major league level before pretty consistently. I've never seen those guys do that. So I, I think Ian, even with his struggles, was probably always the choice to to stay in the rotation versus those, you know, less experienced guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning 
and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, places that a lot of people thought the Braves might make a, a splash move was uh, actually in the outfield. You know, we've talked about Eddie Rosario's struggles of late, and the Braves did go out and get an outfielder in, in Robbie Grossman from Detroit. Um, gave a gave up a pretty low level prospect. Um, is that it wasn't much uh, going out to get Grossman? He's having a overall his season's been poor. Uh, but I think the thing that jumped out at him was he's hit left-handers really good, really well. He's 364, 479, 519 with a 189 weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching. Uh, it's not a small, it's not a, it's not a large sample, but I think he's hit lefties uh, pretty well in his career. Um, what do you think about uh, bringing Grossman in to kind of fill that, um, fill that spot against a left-handed pitcher? Yep, we we knew that a right-handed or at least a switch-hitting outfielder that could hit left-handers was going to be, you know, if not the top of the list, near the top of the list for the trade deadline. We, you know, we knew that obviously with the ball being out, they didn't want Eddie having to face every single left-hander that came down. So somebody that could hit lefties was going to be on the docket and Grossman, you know, he's had a probably a pretty bad year for his standards, but even in a bad year, he still crushes lefties, and, you know, that's what they want. That's what they needed. They needed somebody who they could platoon with Eddie, and, you know, I, it's tough to have a really strong take about Robbie Grossman. You know, he just kind of is what he is. He's a he's a, a lefty. He's the weaker side of a platoon. That's what he is. You know, you, you play him against lefties, and you play Eddie every other time. So um, I think they, you know, that's what they wanted. I was interested to see if they maybe would go out and get another name on top of him just – you know, I do have some concerns about this offense, you know, especially kind of in the middle and the bottom. And I was interested to see if they would maybe go get maybe like an Ian Happ to try to maybe go get a full-time player. But, you know, obviously they're they're kind of married to, you know, they gave Eddie Rosario a lot of money in the offseason. And obviously Marcelo Zuna makes a lot of money. And like it or not, for better or worse, you know, these are the guys and, and the team is – pretty committed to them at this point. And so they're going to, they're kind of kind of ride or die with these guys. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, I do have some concerns about it, but it is what it is. And, and they've, they've done it before. They definitely have talent. So, you know, hopefully it works out the way the Braves hope it will. Yeah. I think this is um, putting a lot of faith in Eddie Rosario. And I mean, he has st- started to show some signs. He's uh, coming into Thursday is eight for 24 in his last seven games. Uh, the power has not really been there yet. Um, but he did have a man, you know, a typical Eddie Rosario at bat tonight against Edwin Diaz. Hit a hundred mile an hour fastball that was up by his eyes, and and landed into right field. You know, you're starting to see him. You're starting to see him look more like himself. I think, um, and I, I think they must believe that they could get him back. I thought Ian Happ might have been a, a target. I think he would have fit in well and was controllable beyond this season. 
but you know, he didn't even move. The Cubs didn't uh, chose to hang on to him. Uh, you know, the rumor was that the price tag was really high. So, you know, this was the area that I thought they might kind of, kind of might, uh, make a splash move here, but, uh, you know, getting Grossman, I don't think it's the worst thing. In fact, he came up Wednesday batting left-handed against the righty and doubled off the wall. You know, I think we're going to see, I think, you know, the situation in Detroit was tough. Um, obviously they were a disappointing club. I think they come in with some high hopes and I think we may see a different Grossman down the stretch, but at least, you know, he gives them an option, another corner outfield option. He could play either corner, uh, add, gives them some depth. And then as a switch hitter, you know, you can pretty much put him in there whenever you want. Although you, you definitely want to play him against the lefties as much as you can. Um, Braves made another move. Well, bringing back area Adrianza. Um, I think this one surprised us a little bit. Uh, Robinson Cano was the DFA'd. Obviously, you and I have talked about Cano a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it situate, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with them trying it out. I thought it was worth a try. It was a gamble, you know, if he could have hit, but obviously, you know, he just looked like there, there's not much left. Um, Adrianza doesn't, he's had a pretty rough season too, but he's been hurt a lot of it too. But, and, uh, you know, he, he came up with some big moments for him last season, bring some positional versatility, can play all over the place in the infield and, and played some outfield for the Braves last year. Um, you know, what do you what do you think about bringing Adrianza back and uh, pretty minimal cost and then obviously uh, saying goodbye to Robinson Cano? Well, I had no problem saying goodbye to Robinson Cano, that's for sure. Um, he, you know, like you said, it was a pretty much a risk-free gamble for the Braves. They weren't paying basically any of his salary. It was a, just a – kind of a you know lottery ticket signing just to see if there was anything left any one last hurrah for him obviously there wasn't so they just cut bait um you know that's just kind of how it goes but you know the adrianza trade was interesting to me because one of the thing i one of the things i was going to use as a book as a benchmark for where they thought albies was internally was what kind of player they got at second base or what kind of middle infielder, what level player did they acquire? Because I thought if they wouldn't acquire somebody like Drury or, or, you know, maybe somebody a little bit more of a starter level player, then that would have been an indication that they didn't know if Ozzy would be back or how, you know, how well he would be able to play if he did come back. You know, I thought if they went and got somebody like Adrianza, who's much more of just a depth piece and a bench piece, then, you know, that would indicate that they're pretty confident that Ozzy's coming back. So it's kind of reading tea leaves a little bit, I guess, but we haven't really heard much on the Ozzy front. Um, I know there was a report today that he, he was looking good. So, um, you know, I think when I, when I saw that trade, the first thing that popped in my mind is, okay, they're confident that Ozzy's going to be back because I don't think, you know, I don't think Alex's main plan is to have Orlando Garcia play, you know, all the way through October. I think if that was – a reality, then they would have, you know, added somebody maybe a little bit more skilled than Adrianza. Um, but so that was my main takeaway from that trade was, you know, they, they're apparently pretty confident that Ozzy's going to be back. And if that's the case, then that's probably the way to go. You know, you don't really want to pour a ton of resources into that position. If you, if you think Ozzy's going to be back relatively soon, especially if you don't have a ton of resources, especially in terms of prospects to, to move anyways. So, you know, when I saw that trade, that was the first thing that came to my mind that Ozzy's probably going to be back pretty soon. 
Yeah, they the report today was that uh, Ozzy had uh, thrown had played catch yesterday and was going to start ramping up baseball activities uh, here pretty soon. Uh, still no timetable for a rehab assignment uh, at this point. You know, I'm thinking the end of the month, maybe you know, maybe even after rosters expand. Uh, but if he's back before that, then you know, it, it probably comes down to either Adrianza or Heredia. Heredia spot, you know, on the roster. And I think Heredia still got an option if they needed to do that. Um, but you know, getting getting Ozzy back, uh, if you could get him back by the by September, give him a month uh to kind of get get his feet back under him and um, you know, head into the postseason. I think that's huge. And uh, you know, the bench, I don't think the bench matters quite as much as it did last season just because of the DH. Uh obviously you want a lot of depth, but I mean if you can push Arcia back back into a bench role, which is where I think he's at his best. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good situation to be in there. Um, you probably, you know, and then even if Adrianza can, uh, can give you anything, um, you know, hopefully you don't need him, but if, if he gives you anything, then, you know, that's a solid situation as well. Um, what do you, I mean, are you pretty comfortable where the bench is at, uh, especially if you get Ozzy back or, you know, if you think, uh, I'm sure they're going to be watching the waiver wire over the next month anyway, but you know, I, I, I feel pretty good about the bench, but how do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, like you said, with the DH, the bench is a lot less important than it used to be. It's kind of a weird for, if you, obviously if you're a Braves fan, then you grew up watching the national league and you know, the bench was a very, very important part of your team. And now it's really not quite honestly. I mean, you know, the most important part of your bench now is you know in case you have an injury right you need some depth just in case you have an injury but when you add one of the catchers you know Contreras or Darno, you know one of the left fielders either Rosario or Grossman then you add you know once Ozzy gets back then you add Arcia back to the bench Adrianza to the bench you know the Braves have definitely had much worse benches than that and and gone into October so I'm not that concerned. You know, if Ozzy's back healthy, then it's going to come down to the Braves offense is going to come down to, I think, three things. Is Ronald back to being Ronald? We saw him hit a home run tonight. Great to see. He barreled a couple of fly balls, which was even better to see. Honestly, I didn't really care about the results, but watching him barrel two balls in the air because he's put everything on the ground in the last month, that was huge to see. So is, is Ronald going to come back? That's the biggest question. Is he going to look like himself? the last two months of the season plus October. The second question is Ozuna. Is Ozuna going to be the guy that he was in 2020, or is he going to continue to be the guy that he's been since then? And whichever one of those guys shows up, is going to determine a lot with the Braves offense. And then left field, right? What do you get out of Rosario? What do you get out of Grossman? Those are three pretty big offensive spots for the Braves. That's right field, left field, and DH. So, you know, those three spots are going to, tell us a lot about where the Braves go from here. If this, you know, could be another magical run for them or if it's going to be kind of a one and done in the postseason. But they know they need those three spots to produce. Just to wrap things up here, uh, you know, trade deadline overall, I I think I tweeted out that, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job filling holes. I got some pushback, obviously. Uh, you know, they didn't bring in that big name player 
or uh, you know make that splashy acquisition. But I think you know it's I think it's worth keeping in perspective that you know this was a much different situation than the last year where they just had so many holes to fill. They were a sub five hundred team at the trade deadline, and I mean they even admitted. I mean Brian Snicker talked about it the other day. You know most of the time when you go out and get four guys like that, it doesn't just click the way it did last year for Atlanta. You know I mean those uh, you couldn't have asked for any more out of uh, Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler and Rosario and Adam Duvall. Um, you know, they did everything. You know, the only only one of that uh, group, the trade deadline acquisitions that didn't really work out was Richard Rodriguez. And, you know, he threw some pretty big innings early, uh, you know, before you really fell off at the end of the season. So, you know, I thought the Braves fell, filled holes. I think one of the more uh, things that surprised me was they still didn't part with any of their – what I would consider top level prospects, you know, when you and I last podcasted, I thought Kyle Muller, there was a good chance Kyle Muller would be on the move. I thought there was a chance Von Grissom might be on the move. You know, they were able to fill holes again this year and didn't, didn't really give up anybody. You know, Tucker Davidson was about the, you know, the, he had, he's got some, um, you know, big league experience, pitched some, uh, has had some success, but I think he was probably the, you know, the best player that they gave up. Jesse Chavez, you know, he's a veteran, 39 year old veteran. Um, the Braves have gotten more out of him than anybody else has. Um, it seems so, you know, to me, I thought it was a successful, um, trade deadline, you know, time will tell, uh, were you surprised they didn't have to part with any of their, um, you know, top line guys? Yeah, I was surprised. I thought, and my surprise is is more tied to some of the teams that did not trade some of their guys. You know, I I'm shocked that Chicago held on to Hap and Contreras. You know, that was weird to me. I, I thought for sure that both of those guys would go, and the fact that neither one went tells you the price was obviously very very high. That nobody nobody was interested in meeting it. So and and those and especially Hap. You know, Hap was kind of the name I was looking at if the Braves were going to make a splash. You know, and obviously, had they done that, they would have given up the guys that you're talking about, right? That would have been, you know, some of their better prospects. And I, I think they would have done that. I don't think, I don't think Alex set out and said, you know, we're not trading these guys. I just don't think that, that I don't think that trade materialized. But you know, it's it's good that they didn't have to give up any of those guys. You know, the, the Braves farm system is not good, so you know, if you can hold on to those guys. You know, I do think the Braves improved. Iglesias is a real is a real addition. I mean, that's not just a that's not just a rental that you get for nothing. I mean, Iglesias is a legitimate top line reliever. And, you know, I know that's not maybe as sexy as going to get an everyday player, but come postseason, it could be just as it could be just as valuable. So that's a real addition. And getting Grossman, that does help. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not getting Juan Soto or Josh Hader like the Padres did, but it's it's better than they had. It's an improvement. Right. I mean, they were running Gilmore Heredia out there, you know, against left handers. And so they improved. And, you know, Jake Odorizzi is an improvement. Right. They traded Will Smith for Jake Odorizzi. I mean, that just that alone is a market improvement of what they had. So, you know, was it huge? Was it sexy? No, but they got better and they were already one of the best teams in baseball. So, you know, I'm certainly not going to complain. It looks like they're going to the postseason for the fifth straight year so if you're complaining as a Braves fan you probably need to go check on what's going out going on out in, in you know 
what Angels fans are going through or what Rockies fans are going through. Braves fans have it pretty good. Yeah, I thought looking at the division, I tweeted out tonight, I, I'm still surprised that the Mets didn't come out of there with a catcher. I thought Wilson Contreras made a ton of sense for them. Um, Mets are a very good team. They don't have many holes, but catcher is, it does seem to be one of them. They've got a couple of defensive guy, first guys, but you know, I thought Contreras would have fit well for them. Tyler Naquin, of course, they got him before the deadline, actually, and he stung the Braves tonight with a couple of homers. So, you know, it, it's not like they didn't go out and do anything, but I, I thought they would make a splash. And um, I'll be honest, I was kind of impressed with what the Phillies did. Uh, you know, I don't know what you think about Brandon Marsh, but getting a uh, getting a center fielder for them that they can pencil that on out there every day. I think that's huge for uh, because it, they've seemingly been hunting for a center fielder as long as they've been hunting for uh, bullpen depth. And and they also went out and got uh, Noah Syndergaard and, and David Robertson too. So I thought they had a solid deadline. Um, you know, they're in the wild card hunt too with this expanded postseason. Uh, so, you know, it should be an interesting uh, ride down in L East. Uh, you know, what do you think about what the Mets did or didn't do in the Phillies as well? You know, if you remove the Padres, and obviously the Padres just went bananas, right? They just went crazy. They got Soto and Josh Bell and Hader and Drury. I mean, they just went bananas. But outside of them, you know, nobody really went crazy in the National League. And I think one of the reasons for that is that, you know, there's six playoff spots right now. And there's basically only seven teams competing for those six spots. So... You know, a lot of the teams didn't really see the benefit in going crazy when, you know, a lot of these teams have pretty much already locked up playoff spots. And I think the Braves and the Mets and, you know, the Phillies probably had the biggest incentive to go out and do something crazy because they're the ones that are, you know, chasing the Cardinals, chasing the Padres. And, and you know, that's kind of for that last spot. But other than that, you know, there's really not a ton of, there's really not a ton of threats if you're, you know, one of the, the better National League teams this year, you know, you're you're almost certainly going to be in the playoffs. So, you know, we really didn't see anybody other than the Padres go crazy. And, you know, that's A.J. Preller, right? He, You know, if he gets a chance to go crazy, he does it. So I really wouldn't judge it. You know, you can't really judge everybody based on what the Padres did. And I think everybody got better. And that's really kind of the, the important thing, especially when you've already got really good teams. And, you know, the Mets are a good team, I think. They're, I think they're a really good team. Actually, their pitching is fantastic. Um, the Phillies, you know, without Bryce Harper is still going to be tough. But I think he comes back at the end of August. So, you know, he's not out for the season or anything. But, you know, their Phillies are a good team too. They've got good pitching. They added Syndergaard. You know, I like that move. Um, so there really wasn't a huge incentive to go crazy, you know, unless your name was A.J. Preller. And then that was, you know, that was kind of the only one. So, yeah, I agree. I think if you, you know, if obviously if you got the chance to get Soto, you know, that's that's it's exciting. And when you're in the same division as the Dodgers, I think you got to be bold, and that's exactly what the Padres did. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, well, I think that's a good stopping point here. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. The Braves got a big. There's still four games left in this series. They dropped the first one. They're four and a half out. Uh, but you know we've seen them we've we've seen them counted out many times a couple of times already this season and uh, you know they're still right there so I think the important thing to remember is uh, you know it's still still a long way to go trade deadlines over but you know we basically still got two months of baseball uh, remaining a lot of things can happen a lot of things can change as uh, as the Braves showed last season so 
Um, you know, you got any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I would like to see the starters, the starting pitching, you know, show up a little bit more against the Mets. I think we've, you know, I tweeted this out, but the Mets pitching is just so, so good. You're not going to score a ton of runs off them. You really have to kind of match their pitching with your pitching. And I think the Braves are, I I think the starters have had a couple of rough outings now in a row against the Mets. So I'd love to see the starters kind of come the rest of the series and show up and, and give the offense a chance and, you know, a lot of times against the Mets, you know, you got to win a, a three to one, four to two type of game. You know, if you give up six, seven runs, it's going to be hard to win those games, especially because they got Diaz at the back end. He's just so ridiculously good. So I'd love to see the Braves starting pitching kind of come out and, and really set the tone against, you know, I, I think the, I think the Mets biggest weakness is probably their lineup. And it's a good lineup. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not as good as their pitching. So that's. You know, what I want to see over the next four days as the Braves starters come out and, and win that matchup. Yeah, that Sunday matchup, uh, potential matchup. I don't know if the Mets have made it official about DeGrom yet, but Spencer Strider versus uh, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, that's, you know, if, you, if you're only going to watch one game this week, that's the one to, that's the one to tune in for because uh, there's going to be some serious fastballs thrown in that game. So, hope you like strikers. Yeah, if you like strikeouts, that's going to be the game for you. So, all right, buddy, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, as always, you know, please uh, give us a, a rating and review. Uh, we got a ton of content coming out. We were all over the trade deadline again, the draft, and it's been a busy few weeks, but now we're settling in for, I guess, what you would consider the dog days of uh, the MLB season. But, uh, you know, the postseason will be here before you know it, and it's going to be an interesting race uh, in the NL East uh, right down to the end. So, uh, you know, subscribe to Battery Power Podcast and um, and we'll see you again next week.